0: today for the opportunity to get together in your name and to glorify you, to sing praises of who you are and of what you're doing here on earth, the, the miracle of your intercession, the miracle of your intervention on our behalf. We've come uh, not to uh, brag about what, who, we, who we are, what we've done, Father, but brag about what you, who you are and what you've done because it's miraculous in our lives. And so we pray today, Father, it's a blessing and an honor to you that our, our songs of praise bring a joy to your heart, Father, because uh, you are all worthy uh, of it. So we, we give you praise today, first and foremost. We pray that as we enter into your word, enter into a time of sharing, that everything be about you and, and your work among us and your spirit, that your spirit would intercede and uh, bring your words to our mouths, that we could edify one another, encourage one another, exhort one another, uh, and continue to follow after you in the manner worthy of our calling as believers in Jesus Christ. And so today we seek to do that by your power and for your glory, and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite you this morning. It's like I, I'm serious for doing stuff that's different today, um, but I'm going to invite you, if you uh, have a Bible, open it. If you didn't, bring one, grab one. They have them at the end of the rows there. You should be able to uh, maybe share a Bible or grab one of your own. Um, and, and this is a verse that you've heard, but it's, we're kind of hung up on it for a little bit here. And um, I want to open today by talking about this a little bit, and then we're going to do a, a, a whole different thing today. So uh, we're going to look at Matthew 28 again. Now last, uh, two weeks ago, whenever I was, uh, we were out in the park, we talked about this, and I think we talked about it three weeks ago as well. So um, this has kind of been this returning word uh, for where we, we are as a church, I guess. And I guess all churches really are here, uh, stuck in this verse that Jesus commanded over us before he went to be with the, our Father in heaven. And so I'm just going to read it with you um, and then just talk about one little aspect today. And then we're going to kind of change gears a little bit. So Matthew records in the good news. Matthew wrote this book. He wants to encourage us with it. And the good news, according to Matthew, he wraps it all up by saying this. Jesus said these words to his disciples in verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I'll remind you, we always do this. We, we, that's the kind of uh, core of this verse, but he starts it by saying, all authority has been given on, on heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore. And so it's all because of Jesus and what he has done. This is after his resurrection. He tells the disciples, because of who I am, you can go and do these things. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations. And he ends it by saying, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. And we, I, I can't ever talk about this without bringing that up. But what I want to talk about today a little bit is this act of going and making disciples of all nations. And we talked about this a little bit before, but I want to remind you of a really simple truth of Scripture because we can take the disciple or the apostles, we can put them up here and we can say they were different from us, but they were human just like us. I mean, if you read the Bible at all, you'll realize that the disciples were flawed human beings just like you and me. And so we can't put ourselves in a different category and say, well, we can't do what they did because we're not as good as them. That's not true because we have the same God that they have. We follow in the same spirit they follow in, and we have the same Savior that they had. And therefore, we are empowered to do everything that they were able to do. And so uh, I want to encourage you to think about that. But whenever Jesus says here, go and make disciples, the word here is methetes, right? And we talked about this, you know, school's about to kick off again. And some of you have to do some math homework again. Methetes means being a student, Being a learner, like your full-time job when you're following Jesus is to learn from Jesus. That's what you're called to do. You're not called to know it all. You're not called to have all the answers. You're called to sit at his feet, listen for his voice, and learn from him about who you are to be in your life. And so I hope that you're doing that in your life individually. I really do, because that's where true life is found. It's not found in our wisdom or our ways or our, our ability. It's found in listening to Jesus, as his disciple, So the first thing I want to remind you of is when the word says, go and make disciples of all nations, it means just be a learner. Just be willing to sit and listen to the God who made you. Say, what do you think about my situation? What would you have me to do? How would you have me to live? Because that's a deal changer right there. And then the second thing that I want to pull out of this verse is he says, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Jesus said these words to the very first people he sent out into the world to make disciples. And so as a church, our business is making disciples of Jesus Christ. We're not making disciples of Family Bible Church, not making disciples of Bill Dempsey. We're making disciples of Jesus, the living God, the resurrected Savior who died for you and died for me. And so we're making disciples who are learning from him and, and therefore teaching them to obey, right? And we do that together. And so the second thing I want to kind of bring up as we um, set the stage for what we're doing today uh, in God's word is that our our prayer is that we would be quickened in obedience, you know, because here's the thing, and you students will know this, right? If you're going to school, you can sit in class all day and learn all the knowledge there is to do. But if you don't start to apply it to your life, if you don't start to change the way you think because of what you've learned you're, you're no better off than you were when you started. And so what Jesus says here is make disciples, make learners, and teach them to obey. So here's my prayer, and this is my prayer for myself, my prayer for all of you, um, is that we would be quickening in our obedience, okay? I'll tell you what that means. That just means that, you know, whenever you start, first start following Christ, <laughs> he'll start saying things to you that you'll say, man, uh, that, that's crazy, I would never do that. That's, that's too risky. That's too whatever. You know, I, that's not my personality style. That, that's, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. But if Jesus is calling you to do it, our job is to be obedient in that, okay? And so when it says teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, I hope that as a church what we're doing is it's if God's compelling you to do something, as a church I hope we come beside you and say, you got you to gotta listen to that. You got to respond to that. The prayer would be, instead of God having to tell us something for years and years and years, and you know God's told you stuff for years and years and years, you need to change in your life, right? Years and years, he's been on you. Change this, change this. You ain't listening. I'm not listening. Our our prayer is it goes from years to months to days to seconds to moments, you see, that we are quickening in our obedience to him, that we know his voice and respond. And so, so much of what we do when we make disciples, I hope, as a church, is that we are quickening people's response to the call of God in their lives, that we become more aware all the time that it's not something that you do one time and you talk about the glory days. It's something that you live in with Christ, that you respond in your life with him. And um, I hope that makes sense. that makes sense a little bit? So he says, making disciples, make learners that are quick to obey me. That's what we're called to do as a church. It's that simple. And if you're obeying Jesus, miraculous things are going to happen in your lives and the lives of those around you. And you're not going to get credit for it, so I hope you're not looking for that because you're just going to be like, that was God. That was all God. All right, so this morning, we've got some really cool stuff to share with you. Um, And uh, we're going to kind of spend some time just talking through our summer a little bit and sharing some ways, and I hope that you hear this, sharing some ways that people have responded to God in their life. It's that simple. God said, hey, you want to do this? And they did it. And so I'm going to start this off um, by calling up the folks who are involved in the Summer Mountain Project. And, uh, yep, Tim's here. Sierra is here. That might be our crew. And come on up here. I'm going to grab this microphone, and I'm going to give you a job to do real quick. Just introduce yourselves right quick. I'm going to walk over here.
1: Hey, I'm Tim Osborne. Yeah, that's me.
2: <laughs> and I'm Sierra Camp.
0: you guys can have a seat right over there if you'd like yeah, to excellent. okay and so what we're going to do is kind of talk about your your summer excellent. summer mountain project somebody said what does that even mean what, what does that mean who is this
1: uh, it's a project in the mountains during the summer okay basically what it is That's
0: so right. you were you were like up in the mountains just hanging out yeah. eating like um, uh, berries and yeah, nuts. It's, it's,
1: It's a training program for college students, people going into college to help you to effectively preach the gospel and talk about Christ on your campus and make an impact and really make disciples like Bill was talking about. Um, So what they do is they take you and they kidnap you from your families and they throw you in the mountains. And then you work all day at Dollywood and it's awful. It's the worst job in the world. And then after that, you get a whole bunch of trainings and you go out at night and you share your faith. Um, You get all the tourists that come in. You just suck them in because you're real sneaky. And then you share with all these people that are from Florida and. Germany and wherever else they're from, then they, if they come to Christ, they go out and they make disciples, wherever they are.
0: By the way, thank you for our corporate sponsors, Dollywood, for, for giving you a job all summer right. so you can oh, say it was the worst job you ever had. Okay. <laughs> Dollywood supports this ministry on purpose. They hire you guys on purpose every year so you can be trained. Yeah. Exactly. So we can say thank God for that. <laughs> you might have a little different take on it, Sarah, than what uh, Tim says, kidnapped by his fam- from his family. And he was, I don't know what he just said, but... What do you think? Um, my
2: experience at Dollywood was a good one, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he worked but, at Splash, so that's just different.
0: Dollywood um, Splash Country. You, you worked at the front gate of Dollywood. Yes,
2: I was at the turnstiles, got to welcome everyone.
0: That's Smiling great. when the people yeah. came through the gate? Yeah. Welcome to Dollywood? Yeah. <laughs> you were cooking?
1: And I, I cooked. I made food, nachos all day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: how, how do you cook nachos? That's <laughs> not cooking food. <laughs> uh, Very cool. Over the, over the hot cheese. All right. So what do you guys, um, what, I, I really want to dig in a little bit too, because, you know, when I, I we got a chance to go down there, we were on vacation last week. It was so cool because we happened to be able to be there. It was your last week. We got to see you guys work. We didn't see you at work, but we got to see you at work. Um, and, uh, but I, I had a question and I would love for you to answer because this is my question whenever I got there. By the way, Deb Oldenkamp went also, um, as did Kirsten Bray. You guys were there for 10 weeks? Yeah. That's like two and a half months. That's your whole summer, yes. right? Um, and my question when I showed up was this. Uh, was it worth it? Because that's a big commitment for your summer. So what do you think? Was it worth it?
2: Um, it was definitely more than worth it. Like, that was the best experience of my life. Um, it was really challenging for most of the summer. It was super challenging. It was really hot out. Like, you just had a lot of different um, struggles to get through. But... At SMP, you're in a D group, a disciple group, and you have a disciple leader and then a fellow disciple. And in that group, you really grow and um, become more like Christ together. And they just teach you so much. Like I've learned, I couldn't even explain everything that I've learned. I can't even like verbally say everything. But I know like my heart is completely different than it was going into the summer. And it's been amazing. I don't know what Tim thinks, but that's what I think.
1: (laughs) Wasn't worth it. Yeah, he went last year, so I knew it was I mean, worth it for you. I went, yeah. I went twice, so it had to be worth it. Um, it's, it's a really, really tough, tough summer. Um, it's a lot of work. You're super busy all the time, and you're just really stressed out all the time. But what the summer really did for me is it just revealed a whole lot of my sin to myself because um, it's really easy for us to just get in this mindset where, where um, we're not that bad because we're still better than this Christian over here, better than that Christian over there. And it's like, man, we're all at the foot of the cross. We're all just as bad as we're ever going to be. We're all going to need Christ just as much as we ever did. Um, and that was just really profound for me to just really see that a lot in myself this summer and see a lot of my pride, see a lot of my sin, and see just how much it's essential to just preach the gospel to myself daily and realize, man, I'm not going to be any worse than I am right now, and God's not ever going to be any good, any more good than he is right now, and more redeeming than he is right now. Um, It's like, with that motivation, I was really, I was able to go out and preach the gospel and talk to these people out of, out of a good motivation, the right motivation. It's like, without the gospel, it's like any motivation that we have is the wrong one. It's something of ourselves, and um, so it's like, just really coming to that, that conclusion in my mind, because it's been told to me a lot. Like, a lot of people told me, man, you got to preach the gospel to yourself daily. But until I really saw my need to do it, I didn't do it. Um, and it's like, man, when, when God really showed that to me through the people that were in my life, the things that I was doing, um, man, it changed my outlook on the way I share the gospel, the way I talk to people. And it's like, man, if I'm motivated by like God's love, then I'm going to be able to love other people. If I see God's devotion to me, then I'm going to be devoted to making disciples for him and living out his purpose.
0: Very cool. What was the most, pro- so you said something about pride, and what was that was the most profound lesson for you for the summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, so I just had, I had a whole lot of pride. I went back two summers. Um, I was supposed to be in a leadership position, and then they kind of snatched it away from me. And I was like, man, I deserve that leadership position. I should have gotten that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, man, I don't deserve anything but hell. And God didn't give that to me. Praise God. Um, But I got there, and I really started seeing my pride. I had had a D group leader that was older than me, and I was on project with him last year. And I was like, man, I don't want to listen to you. You're older than me. Or you're younger than me. (laughs) Sorry, he was younger than me. I was older. Um, And I was like, man, I don't want to listen to you. We got the same teaching last year. We're in the same place. But it's like, man, God put me in that position for a reason to show me my pride and let me see, man, I need the cross. I need the gospel. I am am depraved. I am wicked. and through that, like I really started seeing just how much I wanted glory for myself and things for myself that God didn't intend for me and intended for
0: himself. Wow, oh, that's awesome. Wow. How about you, Sierra? The most profound thing that God taught you?
2: It's really hard to choose just one. Like, ten weeks, every week had a different theme to it. So there was something to, like, um, gain from every, every single day. Uh, a lot of the summer for me... Um, made me realize what I'd been placing my identity in and uh, just who I'd been living for, and it was not for God. It was more of me um, saying that I was a Christian more of me being like, oh yeah, I got Jesus, I'm good, all that kind of stuff, and just saying that I'm living the good Christian life and um, letting other people see that. But what I was really doing was showing people Sierra and not showing people Jesus. And that was a huge... um, Just a huge deal to me this summer. Like, God really revealed to me the fact that he made me, and I am fearfully and wonderfully made, because he created me, and he created everybody individually. But um, he created me for his purpose and to gain glory for himself and not to gain glory for Sierra. Um, And that was a really hard lesson to learn, and it's still hard every day to really realize that I need to die to myself daily and pick up my cross and follow Jesus and not live for Sierra anymore, but live for Jesus Christ, because there's no other reason to live, like, like Tim said, we all deserve hell, and it was just a huge, um, super eye-opening summer, like, I just have always, uh, I mean, growing up in church has just, it's always been a part of me, and I have just never really realized how much, how desperately sick I am, and how desperately in need of Christ I am, um, and, uh, like I said, it's just really hard for me to explain everything because I still need to get my head around everything because it was just such an amazing summer and God was working so, so like, in such incredible ways and it was just really cool to see him do that and to really break down all that I had really been living for and all that I thought um, and just take that away from me and really just, re, uh, just recreate my thought process and just my heart in general this summer. It's just super cool to see him do that.
0: Very cool. All right. Thank you. I know it's hard too. That's a tough question to be like on the spot and the whole decompression thing. You, you just got back like three days ago or something, right? It's Thursday. Um, so Thursday. So final question. So you guys do this intensive. It's discipleship and leadership training, correct? I mean, you're in these D groups. You get this kind of look at what it could look like to go and make disciples, and then the idea of this campus outreach organization is they then send you, you then go back you're going to go back to school now, right? You're going to go to school and you're going to go back to school. And what, what, um, what do you, and I know it's maybe hard to say, but just any inkling yet about how God, what God may be doing through this? And I know, I'm not asking you to tell the future, but how do you think you might be able to apply what you've learned?
2: Um, the last week of project is actually personal vision week. Um, so they really help you with figuring out what next year is going to look like for you and really basing that on what Jesus wants it to be next year. Um, And for me, my, I'll I'll share this real quick, my scripture for next year, I'm going into school, and I'll explain it in just a second, but. It's uh, Psalm 37, 4 through 7a, and it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And for me, that's, like, such an awesome scripture for next year, because um, just uh, realizing that the desires of my heart aren't my old desires. They're really the desires uh, that Christ has given me, and they're his desires for my life, and really um, seeking after that, and not seeking after me anymore, and just that realization of the fact that all I need to do is delight myself in my Lord. Like, it's such a privilege. You know what I mean? Like it's just such an awesome privilege and every day to just wake up with that mindset of just being delighted in him and the, f- the fact that I have the chance to know him and that so many people around me don't and the fact that that it gives me such more of an urgency to share him and to just show his, his righteousness and his justice. Like that's not mine. He's not going to be making it shine. Oh here's Sierra. Look at her justice and righteousness. I don't have any. He's going to be showing his through me because he's giving me that privilege and he's Taken me captive by him to really just show his love to others at school next year and just really um, be living sold out for Christ. So, yeah. Next
1: year. Same question. Same question. All right. Um, Well, it's kind of a contrast from my last year at school because I went on a project last summer and I came back and I had this whole vision, but it all comes back to what I was just talking about. It's like my, my ministry is my focus, not the cross. And so, it's like I failed. There's this verse, John 15, because I had mine memorized. Just kidding. It was the first verse I ever learned. Um, but it says, whoever abides in me, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's like, man, I had this ministry in this, in this fraternity with all these drunk guys who were out doing whatever, being promiscuous. And I was doing it, and I was going at it hard
0: hey real quick let me interrupt you so you're not talking a christian fraternity here you're in a fraternity fraternity, no the real
1: deal yeah okay the real deal just want to make that clear we had the letters and everything my shirt cost me 40
0: (laughs) um and you stayed there because it's a mission like you're like this is my mission field yeah yeah okay that's
1: right and i was going at it hard and i was sharing with all these guys but i was doing it to get glory. As much as I wanted to say that, man, this isn't for my glory, this is for God's glory, it's like, man, I wanted, I wanted to succeed in my ministry, and I started worshiping, ministering to these guys, and not worshiping the cross, and worshiping what Christ had done for me. Um, and so, it's like, this fall, I'm not going to be in the fraternity. I'm going to be with three other guys, laboring on this floor with a bunch of people, um, just trying to point these guys towards Christ, um, and really have this mindset of discipleship, not just pound the gospel down their throat, but, man, lead these guys to Christ and disciple them. The way the Acts Church did it, it's like, man, those guys are in the Acts Church, they didn't just poof, they were born and they were Christians, man, someone had to share the gospel with them, lead them to Christ, and then disciple them. It's like evangelism and discipleship aren't synonymous, they're two totally different things. Evangelizing is, man, sharing the gospel of Christ, talking about him. Discipleship is, all right, this person came to Christ, now I need to train them, I need to show them how Christ lived, and keep pointing them towards Christ so they can grow up and mature, Hmm. and then go out and do the exact same thing. So it's like a multiplication, just kind of like a Christmas tree. And so it's like that's kind of my vision for next fall is like I'm going to be on this floor. I'm going to be sharing hard with these guys, seeking for Christ daily, um, looking at his cross and looking at how sinful I am and how great he is, um, and letting that motivate me to love on these guys and and bring them into a relationship with him and, and show them what they don't have and show them what they could have. Um, so yeah, wow. that's what I
0: got. Well, awesome. All right, well, I want to pray with you guys. And then, Anything else you want to share before you feel okay about? If you have any more questions about it, ask him about after service or whenever you catch him. <clears throat> Tim's only going to be here for like a couple days. Yep. <clears throat> He's out. Sierra's going to be around forever. <laughs> <middle of> <laughs> for a month, you so you got time. But talk to him if you want to. Let's pray together. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much uh, for... Tim and Sierra and Kirsten and Deb and all the other students. I mean, just so many students that you called to that project this summer to go and to learn to be better uh, followers of you. I thank you so much for their witness to you and their, uh, you know, very hard honesty about uh, how we get self-centered even in our sharing of the gospel and how that's a failure on every level. And so I pray, uh, Father God, that you would continue to do that humbling work in them and in us that we could be like-minded followers of you, <clears throat> that we could remember our own depravity and your own greatness and, and celebrate that. And I do pray, Father, that you would set a table before them in every ministry they walk into that, that at the end of the day, I don't want Tim or Sierra or uh, um, Kirsten or Deb to go, wow, look at what I did. But I, I pray that we can be with them going, wow, look at what, God, look at what you did, God. Look at how you moved Look at the miraculous things you did, and we can just become um, worshipers of you and of your work in our midst. I thank you that they're faithfully following you. I pray your spirit would guide them and protect them and and, uh, call them forward into their work. And I just, I'm excited to continue to hear how you move in their lives, because we get to witness it, and it's so cool. We give you praise and glory for that, and we pray this in the power and the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen amen yeah very cool thanks guys um now we're going to have someone else come and share with us they've had a different kind of a summer brandy balkenbush i'm not sure if uh, all of you know brandy but she's going to come and she's going to share a little something with us and then we're going to talk to her for a little bit as well So is there something you wanted to share at the start?
3: Yeah, actually, we, um, okay, first of all, hi, I'm Brandy, everybody. (laughs) Um, I'm a junior in college, and I worked at Laurel Lake Baptist Camp in Corbin, Kentucky this summer. And I got the opportunity to be a camp counselor, but at the same time, we also kind of worked for the camp. We did like the dirty work as well as being a counselor. Hmm. I was actually a counselor for three weeks, and during those three weeks, we got to do the classes for them, and one of the classes was drama. And that is one of the, what I just showed you, the interpretive movement was um, to the song Beautiful by Carrie Job. And we got to actually teach the girls this interpretive movement and they got to perform it in front of everybody in front of the, and everybody at worship at night in front of the camp. So um, it's really near and dear to my heart because one of my best friends, a girl that I got to counsel alongside of, she actually made that up in about (laughs) 20 minutes. So um, it was pretty hectic down there. IT WASN'T THE MOST ORGANIZED THING IN THE WORLD, WHICH WAS DIFFICULT FOR ME TO GET USED TO. BUT um, WE DID WHAT WE COULD, AND OF COURSE God, <laughs> GOD LED HER TO CREATE SUCH A BEAUTIFUL INTERPRETIVE MOVEMENT TO SHOW TO EVERYBODY, AND IT REALLY MEANS A LOT TO ME. SO I WANTED TO SHARE THAT ALL WITH YOU THIS MORNING.
0: Yeah. WOW. SO SHE WROTE, SHE CHOREOGRAPHED WHAT YOU JUST DID, yes. AND she was, a, SHE WAS A CAMPER?
3: OH, NO, SHE WAS
0: A COUNSELOR. A COUNSELOR. OKAY. Right. okay. Yeah. THAT'S still AMAZING, THOUGH. SO IT'S a, AN ORIGINAL WORK. YES. VERY COOL. Yeah. So let's dig into a little bit that you said you didn't get to do the counseling, which we right. think about, that's, you know, that's not always clean work, by the way. That's dirty no. work sometimes. <laughs> no. But, uh, but you get, what's, what, the, what dirty work did you get to do? Like, tell us about the glamour of your summer.
3: Okay. Um, I just wanted to say, I wash more dishes this summer than I have in my entire life. <laughs> I really did. Um, I learned how to scrub a peach cobbler pan. And eggs do not let scrambled eggs sit in a pan for longer than, like, five minutes after they're done. <laughs> Because they are tough to get out, yeah. But um, no, the coolest thing was I had to. We had to do all this this dirty work, and we did the dishes after every meal. We served the kids every single meal, so three meals a day. I was there for nine weeks, so you do the math. It's a lot of dishes. And um, we also, at the end of the week, we also got the um, privilege of scrubbing toilets and um, showers and mopping and all that fun cleaning, cleaning business. So, but the thing about it is, I learned. I learned what it truly meant to have a servant's heart. Mm. To do this work, not for men, but to do it for God. I got to scrub toilets for God. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was great. And, you know, it was hard work. But at the same time, it was the best summer of my entire life and the hardest. But it, yeah, like Sierra said earlier, you know, you go into the summer with a cert- your heart's a certain way. But I came out and I had a completely changed heart. Mm. It was the best summer of my entire life.
0: Wow. Very cool. You know, one of my uh, mentors, Dr. Rick McPeak, says there is, a, there is a spiritual way to clean a toilet. He learned the same lesson. He's serious. We talked about it. He's serious. He learned. He was, uh, did custodial work for a long time. Yeah. So, um, Very cool. Well, uh, so it sounds again like a work of humility and servant, uh, a servant attitude regardless of situation for you as well. Um, what do you think that you'll be able to now? I mean, you are changed. Everything we do changes us. But what do you think? How do you think your near future is going to look different because of your experience this summer?
3: Well. Um,
0: Other than the tons and tons of money you earned. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: no, we did actually get paid to do it. But um, I didn't pocket a whole lot of money this summer. No, that's for sure. But honestly, if I had to go back and do it again, I would do it for no pay. Because that's how much it meant to me. Mm. Um, I'm completely changed because of the, the opportunities that God presented with me to me this summer with these kids. These kids came from homes. Like, I don't see this kind of, I don't know. I mean, I look all, out at all of you right now, and everybody looks like, oh, it's Sunday morning, everybody's in a good mood, and every, it's great and wonderful. But I thought that about these campers, too, when I did the Bible. We got to lead Bible study. And one time, I mean, most of the time, we had like 40 girls that we were, me and another girl were leading. So it was tough, and um, I looked out at these girls and, you know, they were dressed all cute and they had these pretty smiles on, but these girls were broken. They came from broken homes, and it kind of gets me a little bit upset to think about even because it's like they're putting on this face, this happy face every day. And they're not happy. They're hurting and they're broken. But we got the opportunity to share the gospel with them and tell them that Jesus loves them and they are beautiful. Yeah. And that's not something that they get to hear. And it was just a huge blessing for me to get to do something like that. And um, I'm going to tell a story about this girl. She forever has touched my heart. Her name's Kara. Um, she came from a foster home because her dad was in prison for selling drugs and her dad made her sell drugs and do drugs. She was abused by her boyfriend. She cut herself. She had suicidal thoughts. And her mom committed suicide when she was 10 years old. And saying that, this little girl had also been raped by her grandmother's boyfriend and was going to trial in the next week to testify against him. This little girl was 13, 13 years old. And it just like breaks my heart, and I just questioned God while I'm at camp. I questioned God that week, like, why would you let this happen to a little girl? She's 13. Think about your 13-year-old kids. Can you even imagine that? I couldn't. I couldn't imagine that. And my, my friend Kelsey, she was my co-counselor, she, she said to me, she's like, Brandy, it's not God that's doing this. It's sin. There's sin in the world. And that's why things like this happen. But we have the opportunity here to show her that people love her. And I got the opportunity to love on that little girl this week, that week. And now I want to share with you a note she wrote me. She said, Brandy, I'm going to miss you a lot. You should call me sometime. I'm so scared I don't want anything to happen to you or me. But I feel like if God wants something to happen, he will. I love you. I never tell anyone that I love them. But it's like you're an angel. You're my mom right in front of me. I could not stop crying the other day, Brandy. I think you're a wonderful girl. I really do. You mean a lot to me. I'm going to miss you. I've never came this close to someone like this except for my mom. And her mom killed herself. And one night she asked, me, she told me, she's like, I know my mom's in hell because she killed herself. What do you say to that? <laughs> yeah, she is. How do you tell a little 13-year-old girl that her mom's in hell? So I had to completely, I'd never been a counselor before. So I had to completely rely on God and put my faith in God to give me the wisdom and the knowledge of what to say to these kids. And to just show them God's love. And I wanted so badly to help her, but God's the only one that could. And through him, through me, God worked in her life. So it was just It was a huge blessing that I'll never forget. It's forever changed my life.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your summer with them and your story with us. And I'll say that same thing. Um, I want to pray over your ministry, your continued ministry. Praise God that you were there. I mean, it's just unbelievable that your decision to go to camp could impact. That's huge. Um, And uh, God isn't finished. Um, So... Uh, if you have more questions, you can ask her after the service. But let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much uh, uh, for Brandy's heart, for you, for her uh, passion and compassion uh, for others who are broken and hurting. And, and just, Father, the opportunity you gave her to witness something so intimate in such a, a small time frame that would uh, shape her life and shape this young woman's life. And we pray, Father, that this uh, heart would be not just in Brandy, but in all of us, that we would have... Eyes to see and ears to hear the hurt masked by fake smiles around us. And that we could be real and authentic. And we could uh, mourn for the loss and celebrate new life and give it all to you entrusting trusting it to your glory and your purposes for us. And so I just pray your continued blessing on Brandy as she continues her journey with you. And uh, I just thank you so much for a witness today. What a profound, profound, testimony. I give you thanks and praise for it. Pray these prayers of thanks and uh, adoration in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. All right. We have something else that was going on this summer, changing gears a little bit. And I hope you guys, you guys okay? If you can do a little stretching or something, you can do that. That was for you. That's right. Uh, All right. See, everybody stretch a little bit. Okay. I'm going to ask someone, Now, you know I'm kind of known to do this to people, but there is someone here that does not know they're going to speak today. Are you ready? Who's going to be? Oh, Jonathan Carl wants it. No. Here's what we're going to do. Brooke Bryan, I'm going to have Brooke come up for a minute. Brooke did something that I am just blown away by, and so we're going to take just a minute to talk to Brooke. Uh, It was only two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and I'm so glad you came today because we didn't plan I told Chris last night or this morning I said I didn't even talk to Brooke at all so hopefully you're going to be here because you had a big night last night didn't yeah. you yeah you went to the shareholder tell us what you did this over the last couple weeks oh. you can say if you would like to sure okay.
4: um, a few weeks ago I left for a 700 mile bike trip on the what <laughs> a 700 mile bike a 7
0: mile bike trip 700 700 mile <laughs> bike trip yeah. Okay.
4: Um, we drove up to Duluth, Minnesota, because that's where we started, and we biked in Canada across the upper UP over the northern shore of Lake Superior and ended in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan.
0: Okay, so Lake Superior are those big bodies of water to the north of the United States. That's the part of the map that we don't see because it's not part of our country. Yes. And you went from here in our country around that and came out over here. Mm-hmm. Really? In, in two weeks? Yeah. Are you sore?
4: Not anymore.
0: <laughs> awesome. How many people went with you?
4: There was 70 of us. There were 61 bikers and 15 support crew.
0: Wow. Awesome. Now, it wasn't just to go bike riding. It wasn't like this awesome athletic event, although it was. It was incredible, and I'm totally impressed. And I'm a bicyclist, and I'm, like, way impressed. 700 miles is something to be proud of. How how long was your biggest day, by the way?
4: Our biggest day was 81 miles.
0: 81 miles on a bicycle seat. (laughs) They're about that big. Okay. Uh, You're my hero.
4: It would have been 80, but our group got lost. So
0: (laughs) Awesome. So in this 700-mile bike ride for two weeks with, with uh, all these friends, did, God, did, you, did you see or learn anything from God?
4: I did. Um, I'm going to tell a story. Um, there was this guy, and he was on a mountain bike. And we were on road bikes, so mountain bike was, like, it's hard to ride, especially on the road because the roads were bad. And um, he had all this stuff, and he was just going. And um, there was a group that encountered him. And he was over by his bike, and he was kneeling. And they stopped and said, do you need help? And he said, no, just keep on going. So we kept on going. And the same group encountered him three times.
0: Hmm.
4: And when my group encountered him, uh, he actually was fixing something. And um, we talked to him. And and it turns out that he was staying in the same place we were that night at a campsite. And um, he was talking to a few of the leaders, and he said that when he feels the presence of God, he needs to kneel or else he'll fall down. And he just prays every time he feels the presence of God. So every time he was by his bike, he was praying for us.
0: Wow. Very cool.
4: Yeah.
0: All right. Anything, anything else you want to share from the trip with us?
4: Um, the hills were ridiculous.
0: <laughs> they were actually mountains, weren't they? You rode yeah. up some mountains.
4: Yeah. We went... Um, our longest was a two-mile uphill with a 7% incline, which is like this. <laughs> and it was terrible, but uh, we sang songs, and we told stories, and we rapped, and it was just fun.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, praise God. And you went with it was the Free Methodist Church in Greenville. It took yeah. their youth group, and you went, and I, I was so excited for you, and I can't believe you did it. It's amazing. Not that I doubted you. Because you're an awesome athlete, but wow, impressed.
4: At first I'm like, what am I getting myself into? 700 miles? Uh,
0: 700 miles. Yeah. You guys did training too beforehand, so you were kind of ramped up and ready to go. Yeah. Very cool. My favorite picture is coming up here, and it's you guys. uh, Let's see. We may have gone past it once already. It was all you guys lined up on the bridge to come back across into the States. Yeah. And it was just huge. Yeah, here it is. That's them right onto the bridge coming back from Canada. And then this is them. They had to line up like they were a vehicle, and they said they were the longest vehicle on the bridge to come back into the United States because yeah. that was so cool. So awesome. Well, I'm going to pray with you, and uh, so let's, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that we can celebrate all that you do in our lives. We thank you for Brooke, for her willingness to go and to do something bold, adventurous, kind of crazy, and to, to come through it and to see your hand, we thank you for the witnesses who are there bearing witness to your presence while she was with her friends. And I thank you for her just zeal for life and to see you and everything. I pray that you continue to disciple her and draw her near to you and to show her that she can do anything through you, through your son and our savior, Jesus. So we give you praise and glory for Brooke, for her testimony, for her stamina, and for her witness this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Brooke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And now I'm going to, one more thing this morning, well, two more, but check out your screens here. Hey guys, real quick. We uh, obviously faded out the video segment of this sermon because it wouldn't make a lot of sense, but if you wanted to check out the video for yourselves, it is available for viewing on www.familybc.org. Again, the website is www.familybc.org and look for the Guatemala video. So I'm going to ask Team Guatemala to come on up on stage, awesome, very cool, so the, uh, the only plan we have for this is, some of, some of us had a chance to share, share already and some haven't, and so the first thing I'm going to kind of do, and the three questions, by the way, if you grab the engagement sheet today, these three questions were kind of for all the groups today, um, but I'm going to ask if anyone up here wants to share something to start. Any volunteers that want to go, I will be glad to let you start. And then otherwise, we're going to kind of have a QA, because we want to know what you would be thinking about questions that you were wondering, because you all sent us. So with the burning question that you have to ask, um, feel free to ask. You are leading forward. I thought you wanted the microphone.
5: <laughs> I just haven't had an opportunity um, really to say thank you on behalf of our family. Um, it was such uh, an awesome experience. Um, On multiple levels Um, it's so hard I think to put into words what we experienced uh, both individually and then as a group as a family Um, you know just yesterday morning before John didn't read his email um, so but he had said yesterday morning "Um, I really miss Guatemala and I said well have you checked your email yet (laughs) because you have to share tomorrow morning and he goes what (laughs) Um, so anyway, um, it was just like I said on on multiple levels. It was just such an amazing summer that um, the Guatemala trip was amazing. So thank you very much. It was just it's something that um, I have always wanted to experience uh, as a family. Unfortunately, Olivia wasn't quite uh, of age yet to go. So someday maybe she'll be able to go. But uh, I'm I'm praying that our boys uh, will take something away from it I know it, it changed me in more ways than I can express so it's just hard to put it all out there so thank you
0: Very cool. um, Also, we
5: might I want to explain who days can days.
0: explain a little bit of what we saw in the video like some of the things that were happening there it's a pretty easy anybody I'm gonna pass the mic down in that direction
6: what do you mean? Like, what do you want to know?
0: Well, I don't know. Like, like, there was a lot of things happening in the video. Other than the fact that we didn't crash in the plane, we could see that we yes. took off and we landed successfully. But <laughs> there were some things happening in the middle there. So, um, Explain,
6: like, what we were doing. Sure. In, okay. Um, so, uh, most, mostly the stuff that I put in the video, I left a lot of stuff out. And um, we shot how many, how much... 18 hours of footage and I went through all of it and edited it all but um, that what I put in the video were the main things that we did and we did a lot of stuff while we were there but um, uh, we built stoves which was one of the things we were um, going to do there and uh, they had different stoves that they had built there on their own and it was just like an open fire in their house and um, so that would put a lot of smoke in your house and with children around breathing all that smoke they end up with a lot of lung problems and stuff so um, the Jeremiah Project uh, saw that as a need and wanted um, to build stoves for these people that would move the smoke out of the house so we did um, three stoves and uh, we built three stoves for three separate, pe- three separate families and um, it was um, a lot of fun because uh, it was uh, di- I don't really know how to explain it uh, but it was it was a cool experience and then also we um had a, a VBS sort of thing that we did which um was uh not really VBS that we think of here it's kind of a different uh feel to it but it was it was exciting and i don't want to just talk about everything cuz i want to give other people some <laughs> chances cuz i mean i don't want to be a mic hog or anything but <laughs> but it, so um What else should I talk about? You want to say something, Megan? (laughs) Um,
7: Well, I'll I'll just say that um, I told the group while we were there that it's such an odd group to go. And some of the people I didn't know, like, um, I had never even talked to and never even recognized them in church. But um, it was just amazing to see how well we all got along and how. They pretty much just became my family for the week since uh, my family was back home. uh, yeah,
8: I just wanted to say um, they had initially wanted us just to build two stoves, and we had a pretty um, group that liked to work hard, and so we had the two stoves built in two days, and that was supposed to be our all-week project. So, um, Lorinda was scrambling and had to find stuff for us to do, and so we ended up, um, also, um, her roof was leaking at her projects, and, um, that's where she holds Bible study for 30-some kids every single day from 1230 to 330. She goes up the mountain and gets them, she feeds them lunch, and she does VPS with them and teaches them. They get to play, and then she takes them back up the hill for whoever needs to ride up the hill to La Lajeto, where we were building the stoves. And, uh... So she had to scramble and like, go out and buy more materials to buy build a third stove. And then we also did um, the roof of her um, project where they live. Um, was leaking, so we you saw us putting white stuff on the roof. That was sealing the roof off so it wouldn't... Of course, it rained right after we got done doing that, so it was kind of diluted. So we had to put a couple more coats on, um, and then we had to move this big garden back to its spot, put the dirt back in, put the plants in and everything. So it was a two three day deal too so she kept us busy but it was neat to see how everybody worked so hard together the, the kids were amazing um, the one day it was so neat um, Lauren, or, uh, Annette went up the hill with I think one other grown up and the rest kids <laughs> and that's the day they had to build the third stove and uh, later in the day other kids went up and she was glad to see them and to have them, their, them help so I'm just very proud of the kids and how hard they worked and they really took um, ownership of everything they did And my favorite part probably was the evening devotions that we did Um, a couple nights. They were just very emotional, very, uh, it was neat to hear, everybody's uh, take on certain things that you didn't, like, see it that way. And it was like, oh, that was cool. Like, I didn't see it the way they did. But the devotions at night were amazing, so.
9: I guess uh, one question, since we've been back, and it was very emotional, and I guess I keep questioning myself, did we do enough? And I keep going back to God. With And I think I got an answer for it. You know, we did three stoves. We did six stove repairs, roofs. We did VBS. Did we teach enough VBS? God only knows. You know, we're down there. And, you know, our goal, we are service-oriented people. We did three stoves. I would have loved to have done 50. I mean, did we leave out one family that could have used a stove? The answer is yes. There's work everywhere. But to answer my question is, we did do three stoves. So there's three people breathing better down there. There's 20 kids that had 10 hours of VBS schooling that we shared with. And to go into that far, there is not only going to Guatemala, there is missions all around us three blocks away pregnancy care center thank you Carrie we take that for granted you know what I learned from that is get involved God gives us all a gift use it it's endless I mean we went to one little town and you can just take pictures of thousands of feet of tin everyone needs a new roof but it's going on here too so don't sit back You know, a mission trip could be a hug. Tell someone you love them. Take them a bag of groceries. Put one piece of tin on a leaking roof. It's amazing. It can be five minutes. It can be some of them shared for three months, their whole summer. Go out and do it. It's everywhere.
7: Um... Well, uh, I just want to share a little bit. Um, The type of person that I am is um, anything that I'm passionate about, I just throw my heart into it. Um, And I just do the best that I can do. Um, And I think all of us did that on this trip. And it was just really cool to see everybody serve, um, to have this chance to serve. Um, And it was really hard to leave. I was the one who um, balled on the plane ride home. (laughs) So um, I'm sure you'll hear about that. (laughs) Um, But it was just really cool to see all of us work as a group, as a family, um, to serve these people. Um, I know in my heart that we didn't go just to serve, but to be changed. and I think we were all definitely changed by this trip. I just want to say thank you all for sending us.
10: Um, there were uh, like 58 of us down there. These are the, we're missing Ruby, but these are like the 14 of us. There was also Lorenda and uh, her husband Roni, and then their two kids. And we had Kike, who you did the top three for us this morning. I'm sure you all understood that. And um, also Matt and John were our extend global leaders. By the way, can I interrupt you for one? Yeah, a of course. Kike, the intro
0: else. to this week's top three was just funny because Kike, uh, who is um, from uh, El Salvador, um, and he joined our mission team down there. But he, he was just there. His, he's br- related to Ronnie? Roni, um he thinks it's funny that the Spaniards have an accent. And so he speaks Spanish, but he thinks Spaniards have a funny accent. And so he was trying to do a Spaniard accent on the top of the volcano for you all. And what he said was, welcome to Family Babel Church. This is the Family BC top three in his best Spaniard accent, which is, you have to watch it again to appreciate it. It's pretty funny. Sorry.
10: No, that was all I had. It really was. I didn't I'll come back
11: um, I wanted to say thank you to everybody too um, and wanted to share about the third stove because um, it was kind of funny because we had Steve Hamsh kind of leading the first stove site and building it and he had lots of help and um, then we had Steve Cordy building on the second site and so we were kind of split up on those first two stoves so unbeknownst to me or that I knew what was going on. I didn't help very much. And in our devotions, Chris Dempsey told them that um, she felt like, and she kind of knew that I did, that we wanted to help some more. Um, That the guys, you know, they kind of stepped up and they were building these stoves and we kind of felt a little bit, not useless, but anyway, she put it nicer than that. But Lorenda immediately said, well, you guys are building the stove tomorrow then. Chris all of a sudden decided she has to be at VBS, so she... (laughs) Okay, well actually she went to fix a stove with Steve, and Steve luckily gave me some tips. So it ended up, like Brenda said, it was me and Matt, um, and then the teenagers. Yeah? No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, I was freaking out. I was asking Steve on the way up the hill, what do I do? I don't know how to build a stove. But it was awesome. Um, it definitely, um, we prayed a lot. We um, ate lunch really early, hoping that our crew would get there faster. Um, but actually, we knew more than we thought we did. And by the time we got help, they helped us finalize the getting it level. And by the end of the day, we had it pretty much we're where we were supposed to be. Um, but I've never been so thankful for help to come in. But then the next day, um, we had Steve, Cordy, and different ones that came and um, actually helped us and taught us more and said, you know, do it this way. And, and so it felt really good that us women actually, the second day, got to finish the stove and they gave us a hard time about it being the women, you know, built the stove. But um, just proved to me that no, um, whatever it is, that I can rely on God and we can do things that I never thought was possible. Um, and so that was a really um, cool thing. And, of course, I had to give him a hard time because the stovepipe on my stove was correct. And there were some other ones that were <laughs> weren't put together.
0: Yeah, we had to go back and fix our we mistakes. We had
11: to go back and fix some of them. So, so it, you built the I best Not that anything about the but Awesome. Anyway, and then Chris has a story to tell you.
10: Um, okay, so for those of you who were here the past few weeks when we've talked a little bit about Guatemala, and Annette got to share her story of Victor on the airplane, who she got to share her testimony and a little bit of the gospel with, um, kind of to finish out that story, he did get off the plane, he, he hugged us all, said you guys have a wonderful family, and he loved meeting us. We actually, um, got to tour a little bit of Antigua the very next or I guess two days later um, and uh, when we were down in Central Park which there's probably a few pictures running up of we were just touring a little bit doing a little shopping and and looking at what's all going on in the country but we were taking one of the corners going around a corner to the left where you can't see anything at all as soon as we go around the corner Annette and Victor in this town of five million people um, bump into each other. And it was a, it was a very um, unique experience to just run into Victor and his girlfriend and uh, just step back and he said, you know, this is the, the family I was telling you about. So it was a, it was a very nice, nice moment for us to kind of take it all in perspective. So just wanted to finish out her story for her.
0: Very cool. So, so a- any burning questions? Ryan Kramer. <laughs> what?
10: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
6: Yeah, Charlotte. Who or how was it determined who got those stories? If there's such a
5: mean? how was it that three people got me? It was determined by the the project that we were working with, the Jeremiah Project, and she it was the children that were going, they were participating in the mission. And there, it was those children's families.
0: It was an incentive. Uh, can anyone else explain that better? It,
8: it, Here, she would go to these people, and she would go to these people, hoping that um, their kids would come to school. It was kind of an incentive for them to send their children to school. If only people that got the stoves were kids that were in the school, families that were in the school. Um, it was kind of an incentive to get them off the streets from selling merchandise for them and get them in a school area. Um, and that was her kind of little way of getting them in there. Um, I don't think. I mean, she would go and help other people. Don't get me wrong. But oh yeah, she would help. We would anyone. go every about twice, twice or three times after we got down off the hill and after BBS was over, we'd go to home visits and we'd take groceries. And we just go visit people that needed things. And the one night we went, and this is probably one of the biggest eye-openers we had, was we walked into this hut, and this lady had eight children, and it was pitch black. It was the middle of the day, or afternoon. But it was black. You could not see. My pictures turned out beautiful. The kids are gorgeous. But it's pitch black in there, if you wouldn't know it from my pictures. But it was raining a little, and the light was sparking. And it was like a, a fire waiting to happen. It would spark every time a, light, a drop of rain would come down. And so later that week... Which is another one of my cool, another cool, cool story that just touches me is um, Chris and Lorinda and the rest of the guys went to fix this lady's roof. They bought clear lamina so that at least during the day she'd have light. And um, they were on the roof, and Kike said, "Hey, throw me a piece of that fruit." And they did, and all the kids, all of a sudden, instead of two kids, there was like 20 kids wanting fruit, and they were they just loved the fruit. And he was eating them, and Bill got up there, and Steve was up there fixing the roof, and. Bill was up there, and you probably should tell the story, it's yours. Um, but I just thought it was so cool that night when Bill was telling us that, you know, he was giving this lady the fruit because she didn't want the kids to have it. She wanted it all. And when we, they left that night, Lorinda kind of scolded Bill a little bit and said, why'd you give her it? That's the landlord. She doesn't want anybody to have that fruit. She feels like everything on that property is hers, and they're not allowed to have it. Well, Kike kept throwing the fruit to the kids. He didn't care. Well, he felt bad when we got to our devotional that night, and he was like, if I would have known, I wouldn't have gave her one piece of fruit. <laughs> And, um, but then he kind of, we all kind of just stopped and thought about it. And he said, but you know what? We got to reach her first in order for us to, if we reach her, God hid that truth from him. And if we could just reach her, we could reach that whole complex. You know, if you could reach her and get her to know God, and she would be a different person and be more giving and loving. So it was neat that God sheltered him from that note, that truth of knowing who she was. But it was a very cool situation. But I just wanted to say, too, that, I feel like we need God more than they do. These people were so happy, so mm. joyful, so loving, so just appreciative of everything we did. We got to pray with them when we got the stove built, and it was just so cool to hear Ronnie pray, or Lorinda, whoever prayed, in Spanish, and then uh, Bill would pray just in English, and they just were just so loving and sweet, and I just feel like they don't know what they're missing, and we're so spoiled. And they're just very thankful and loving people, and I feel like we need needing more than they do.
0: Very cool. Any other burning questions? Other than what's for lunch? <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly. That's what we ate for all week, by the way. Any, any other questions? Uh, if you, if, oh, yeah. Go ahead. What's the grossest thing we ate?
7: <laughs> yeah. we didn't we didn't eat gross things
0: they wouldn't let us no, they were so afraid we were going to get sick they wouldn't let us eat anything they pampered us it was ridiculous the food that they served was ridiculously good alright any other questions very cool well we're going to uh, wrap up now we're over time yes absolutely
7: um, I just wanted to say this out there that we say Team Guatemala but we are not Team Guatemala um you are a huge part of that Mm -hmm. um that we were sent on this trip we didn't send ourselves um and we brought a lot more members in as we went um kike became a part of our group ronnie lorenda um john and matt from extend global um i just wanted you guys to know that that we are not the team you are a huge huge part of that so
0: that's right praise god yes
11: Somebody has a birthday in a couple days, and we brought her something back from Guatemala. (laughs) She has to open it because there's a story. Chris was horrified when I said that I was going to wear a fanny pack on the trip. So, of course, I just had to egg it on more and more and more. And when we were shopping the last day. I decided that she needed her own personal bright-colored fanny pack.
0: Did you negotiate for that fanny pack? I did negotiate for it. Yes, I did. Girl.
11: And Steve helped me. I think he was in on that
0: one. Negotiating is a pastime in Guatemala. <laughs> it was quite the sport. Yeah. So. Very cool. All right, well, uh, the same thing stands. If you have questions for anyone up here, I know some of you said, hey, we already talked to Team Guatemala. It's awesome to hear what's happening, but I would encourage you to engage these folks. Also, Ruby Burns is not here. I think she's the only one, correct? Um, I want to say one, uh, one other thing about Team Guatemala and missions work and things like that. Uh, some of what we've been talking about already is, so what's this mean for next time? And, and I want all of you to be praying about man, were you close this time to going? Is it going to be Guatemala or somewhere else? Do you care? Do you want to be involved? And uh, I can tell you already, there's some movement underway um, for what's next with with international missions, with stateside missions, with local missions, because it's all going and making disciples of all nations. So if you want to talk about that, talk to myself, talk to Steve Hampsh, talk to Christy Lay, who's in the back, and we would love to engage in that conversation with you. It will not be the same people, and the question is, will it be you? Will you go? I have one other thing to ask this morning, Colin Alvers. Uh, Alvers, where are you, sir? Will you be here next week? Yeah. Awesome, Colin uh, spent his whole summer at Canaduck, and I don't want to short shift you here because we have almost no time. We're way out of time, so uh, we will share with Colin next week. Are you cool with that, brother? Man, you want to come back and hear what he has to say because he had a profound summer at Canaduck camps, and uh, so uh, we'll do that next week during prayer and share. Okay, um, I want to wrap up with one verse of scripture, and then we're gonna we're gonna roll out of here. This is, uh, Paul writes to the Romans. And I hope you see this today. And the, the other thing I wanted to share, I said two more things, was Family Bible's been doing ministry here all summer while we were all out doing these ministries. And I don't want to short shift PB&J every week's been happening on the square. We've been missioning, mission, doing mission works there and ministering to people and sharing the gospel. Um, and uh, our men's steak night, we talked about a little bit today. And our women's ministries have run all summer. And our children's ministries have run all summer. And I don't want to sit up here and say, man, we, got, we did it. Nobody else did. Because that's a lie. That's a lie. All of us, like Steve said, are part of what God's doing. I wanted you to hear the final words today from Scripture. Paul writes to the church in Rome, and he says this because of the grace given me, I say to each one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you should, but rather think rightly of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given to each of you. Listen, church, because just as each of us is one body with many parts, these many parts have all, do not have the same function, but in Christ, we are the same. We who are many form but one body, and each member belongs to all the others each of us have different gifts according to the grace that christ has given us and i hope that today if you take anything away from this take away this that we're not special people that god is willing to use anyone who is willing to be used and i hope that you are there today willing to be used for his purpose his glory and his kingdom and that's the kind of the the encouragement today for you. So join me in prayer one more time and then we'll dismiss for the day. Father God, we've come into your house to sing praises of what you've done. And you know, Father, we've been so overwhelmed that it's, it wouldn't even fit in our time of worship today. I pray that's the case. I pray that you're doing so much among us that we can't possibly talk about it all because it's too much. I pray that we continue to change hearts and minds, that we would continue to return to you, that we would refocus on you, that we would re submit to your will in our lives, that we could be wholly restored, completely and utterly returned to you. And so today, Father, for every heart here who don't know you as Savior, I pray today they would say, what is going on with these people? I pray that they would know today that they could have a relationship with you by asking, will you forgive my sin? Will you be in charge of my life? Will the old fall away? and everything new come. And for every person here today, Father, I pray that they have that. And I pray as we go into the world, we would be about you and your kingdom and your glory and sharing the good news with others. Thank you for this time of testimony and and witness. It's beautiful. I pray it was a blessing to you and encouragement to all of us. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for everyone who came this morning. Uh, We're going to tear down really quickly if you want to help, you can. Otherwise, Godspeed.